episode today is exactly one of the reasons why I started this podcast and why I love it so much. Now, if we haven't met yet, my name is Julie Calcote. I am the host of the Dreamers Manual podcast. I'm an online business manager and, of course, creator in this space. I work with creative and women-owned businesses to strategize, simplify, and streamline their operations so they can do more of what they love. And today I'm bringing you a guest who is absolutely incredible. When I say that this interview reminds me of why I started the podcast, it's because it brings you this information. It gives you access to information you wouldn't otherwise normally have the ability to access. Kayla is such an incredible wealth of information. When I tell her in this interview, like we could talk for like three more hours, I completely mean it. There are so many things that I want to do deep dives with her on. And she is so, so knowledgeable, not just about podcasting, but about marketing, which is such a beautiful combination. Now, if you haven't had a chance to meet Kayla, Kayla Wells is a former insurance adjuster and team leader turned podcast manager. Kayla is a lifelong learner, same, who apparently got her degree in the wrong field, same, (laughs) also. She was happily and quickly climbing the corporate ladder when a massive bombshell was dropped into her life. Not only did she find out she was pregnant with her second child, there was a third one in there too. Fast forward to the end of her maternity leave and staring down the barrel of a one-income household when she knew there had to be a better way. She started learning everything she could about building her own online business. And when she found podcast management, she knew she'd found her spot. Now she's on a mission to help creative, professional turn entrepreneurs to spread their message and create their own movements through podcasting. Now, if you've listened before, you know, I also always say this, there's something in here for everybody, even if you or your clients aren't starting or have a podcast going already. When we talk about things like how Kayla manages a job, an agency for kids, including the two four-year-old twins and life, there's that. But there's also really strategic marketing advice that whether you're promoting a podcast or a course or your own offer, I think it can apply across the board to lots of different things. Now you guys know the show notes are locked and loaded. You can find Kayla at kwells or quells, as she says, companies.com and on her podcast called Your Podcast Strategist Show with Kayla Wells. Now I could just keep gushing on and on about this episode, or I could shut my face and turn you over to the interview. So that's what I'm going to do. Without further ado, here's my interview with Kayla. Kayla, this has been a long time coming. Welcome to the Dreamers Manual podcast. Hi, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) We've already given you a little intro in our intro, but I would love if you would share for people who you are and what you do in the online space. Yeah. So I'm Kayla Wills. I'm the owner of Quells Companies, and we are a podcast managing management and marketing agency for entrepreneurs and really honestly, professionals turned entrepreneurs. Anybody who's like been high in a corporate world or doctors, lawyers, that kind of thing, who have decided to step out and do something different into the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial space. That's who we typically work with. 
And let's not forget your marketing hat because you are absolutely incredible at marketing. Thank you. I am. I do try. I like it a lot. Marketing is awesome. I'm also, forget about that. I am a marketing manager at a company called This Naked Mind under our head of marketing. And basically there, I do a lot with our marketing team to make sure that this tech and the systems and things work so that our marketing strategy actually happens, which is brilliant. I love it. I love that piece. I have to say, I was talking with my team about you yesterday and how excited I was for this episode. Because honestly, it feels like, and I lose track sometimes of how long I've been in this online space, but it feels like you've been with me since the beginning. Like we've done programs together, but I feel like you've always been there. And so it's special. But I was saying like, I literally could not. You have a full bustling young family. You have this amazing marketing position. You have this business that, and I know you do all of those so well, which is just blows my mind. So I don't know, before we get into what we're here to talk about, (laughs) can you tell us how you do it? Um, well, I don't know. No, I'm kidding. Actually, I recently hired a nanny because I do have quite the large family at this point. I have an eight-year-old, twin four-year-olds, and a one-year-old. And um, daycare costs are outrageous. So I um, we recently hired a nanny and she's amazing. She's the most amazing. She's actually here right now doing amazing things. And really, honestly, like that's help. That's, that's how I do it. I have a lot of help. <laughs> My company turned into an agency because I couldn't do everything. And so like I had to offload some things, but guess who works with me? my mom, my mom works with me. And, um, one of my very, very best friends that I've had since she was 16, I think I was 17 or 18 and she is amazing. She's a brilliant writer. And so like, I truly believe in it takes a village. It takes a village to build a business. It takes a village to raise a family and building a business and raising a family are very similar things. So that's really what it is, is just a lot of help. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do any kind of super things if I didn't have like all of the people around me. That's beautiful. It's so true. Yeah. And I love that you share that. Cause I think sometimes people forget that, especially when they're starting out, because it's hard when you're just starting and you've got these maybe little kids or, you know, a lot of mindset hurdles too, I feel like in the beginning and It can look like on the outside, if we don't know, sometimes that people are just doing, you know, 50 things with their 24 hours in a day, but knowing that we're all human and everybody has a little bit of support or a lot is, I think is always a good reminder. Yeah. I will say like originally it was daycare, but I don't know, like there's something about daycare and school and everything that feels really heavy about how much time it takes away from you. And it's been really nice. Like this is a brand new arrangement and it has been so nice to just have the kids be home, be able to see their little faces as they're like learning different things and be able to have them run up and be like, mommy, mommy, I need a kiss. And then be like, okay, well, mommy's still working. I love you so much. But at the same time, it's been, it's been nice to be able to work and feel like I'm still involved with little bitty years because I'm not having any more kids. So having this very, very last one be able to be around way more has been amazing. Mm, It sounds like a blessing. It really is. (laughs) 
Well, I'm really excited, as I already said, about today for so many reasons, but we have not talked, like I have no clue what you're going to share, but I'm, I cannot wait to dig in because when it comes to podcasting, most people start out and their goal is, they're obviously going to have a podcasting goal, but I think alongside of that goal is generally also like growing and scaling your podcast and or at least having it be with the time, money, and resources that are spent producing it, hitting their targets for whatever their goals are in their business. And so how we do that, I think, is not talked about very often, if at all. At least I don't hear it talked about. And so I would love to know from you, when you work with clients, where does that marketing piece fit in? Is that something that you want people to start thinking about from the beginning? Or is that something that can sometimes come after you've been producing a podcast for a while? I think it depends on the goal of the podcast. I think it depends on the definition of success that is attached to the podcast. So for instance, if your definition of success for your podcast is that it brings in three new leads a month to your business, then I would recommend that you start the marketing bit from the beginning. That's like your podcast at that point becomes your marketing vehicle. It's how you're able to relate to people. It's how you're able to get your voice and your, your name out there. And while so many people, so many of my clients are like, I'm just going to say things and put it out there and everyone's going to find it. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not how that works, but it's okay. (laughs) So it's, it's like, you have the marketing piece of the content that you're creating um, and making sure that whatever content you're creating is going to speak to the person that you want to share your message with. And then additionally, you have your marketing of the podcast of its like itself and how that's going to fit into your overall marketing efforts for your business. Now, if your goal of your podcast is truly to share a message and it's not necessarily to generate leads, but maybe to become a thought leader in a space starting off with just creating content and figuring out like how you want to dial in your message and without doing a ton of marketing of your podcast itself, perfectly fine. You know, like there are people who create a podcast and then a couple of years down the road, they take all those podcast transcripts and they create a book out of it. Like the goal of the podcast in that case wasn't necessarily to build a business, but instead to help them create authority in a space. And while you do want to to create authority, you have to have followers and you're going to want to market at some point dialing in how you want that message to be heard and, and taken in. Maybe you don't market it as heavily and you really focus on the words coming out of your mouth, which you should do regardless of how you use your podcast. But there's a different focus depending on what your overall goal for it is. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I wonder if you could start, let's start at the beginning. Let's say somebody hasn't done much strategy or marketing at all for their podcast. Is there a place that you recommend that people start? Yeah. Just start talking about it. Share it on whatever social media platform that you're on. I'm not going to sit there and say that your podcast has to have its own social media platform. (laughs) Me and social are not friends. However, whatever whatever platforms you're already on for your business, you know, start sharing it. Like create your own hashtag for your podcast. Um, and then share it, that hashtag every single time you put it out there. Another thing to consider before you ever, if you haven't even started a podcast is really looking at your naming of your podcast and looking to see if it, again, this goes with goals because yours, for instance, is like 
I want to have fun. It's going to be so much like that is the goal. And if you really look at the naming though of your podcast, and it's something that people would search for in your niche anyways, like I need help with this thing. Who would be the person to help me? For instance, there are podcasts like podcast, podcasting for educators, mm-hmm. podcasting for coaches. Like those are names of podcasts that are very clear as to who they're trying to talk to. So that's another thing to consider, like whenever you're starting off with your podcast, but honestly, like there's recently a report that came out that the majority of people who have listened to new podcasts in the past year got there by word of mouth. Your podcast followers are the people who are going to continue to spread the joys of your podcast. Like for instance, Julie's podcast, I talk about it all the time. I'm not on social, so I'm talking about it like word to mouth, like voxing people and stuff. But like, I talk about it all the time because I love her podcast. If somebody's like, I need a new podcast. I'm like, well, what are you looking for? A business podcast? Oh, okay. Do you also like romance books? Because if you want a little (laughs) occasional little tidbit of that in there too, then you need this one. So if you start talking about your podcast and you really start putting intention behind how you talk about it, that's really step one is just don't be scared to share that you have one. I actually have a client story about this. So year one, literally year one from like April to December, just created content. And then in January was like, okay, I'm going to start talking about my podcast. Her listeners doubled as did her business. Her business revenue numbers doubled in that month that she started actually talking about her podcast, going along, going along, actually got even more strategic, started doing reels and including things in that way, doubled. And so did her revenue in her business. So it's like, whenever you decide to start talking about your podcast and you do it intentionally, it's just brilliant. It's amazing how it works out. But like, in that situation, like she could only focus on creating the content for the first year. That was the year of COVID. Like it Mm -hmm. was during COVID. So focus on creating content. That's what she could do. And the second she could start talking about it, she had this backlog of amazing episodes that people could go back to, to listen. And the more she started talking about her podcast, the more she saw business growth. And it gives you a little bit of time to get comfortable in this space. Like you said, not only have that library to refer people back to, but my earliest episodes as an interviewer having guests were rough, not because of the guests, because they were amazing, professional, lovely. But the the questions I would ask, I get way overexcited. And I'd ask like five questions at once, which was not helpful to anybody. And, you know, among other things, but part of what I did is I listened back to those episodes and then I was able to figure out what I wanted to change about that style. But it would be really nice for people to find me at a different point, you know, or, but I, of course those episodes stay up because I love to be able to show that growth too. Yeah. They were still so good though. Like you still asked amazing questions. They were just a lot of them at one time, but you did have some amazing guests on. Like, I love those conversations from some of your first episodes, to be perfectly honest. Like I go back and listen to them. So just saying. Well, and we've talked about this. Some of my guests, I think could come on the show if you are not confident or not feeling like an expert in your space. It could be hard because I don't have preset questions. 
I want the conversation to flow. I want to be the listener and be able to respond and ask questions as the conversation progresses and not have like cut off a really cool train of thought because I have like a box set of questions that I want to knock out and get to. So I think that style could work really well for some people and the way their minds work and it's not going to work well for others. And so it automatically sort of brings that uh, focus down on my ideal audience and, and client. It really does. I, but I, the way you ask questions, which I, I know I've told you this before, but I love the way you interview people. I love the fact that it's not like I'm going to ask this question and then this question and then this question. And then if we have time, I'll ask that question too. I love that. Like, I never really know what you're going to ask your, <laughs> your guests. And so I'm like, me okay. neither. <laughs> and it's brilliant. I love it so much. It makes, it makes your podcast feel very fresh. Not that there's anything wrong with the other way. Because that way works very well too, especially if you're using your podcast in a way to like break out these segments and have these actual content buckets, makes sense to continue to ask the same questions of every, of every person that you speak with. But for years, I I just love it so much. I love listening and never knowing where we're going to (laughs) go. I love this. Well, now the pressure's on, right? (laughs) Because I'm like, what am I going to ask next? But I would love to talk about... 2023, because when it comes to marketing, I know there are like tried and true classic things, right? For launches, there are certain books that I always go to, but I think there's also things that evolve and come up. So for me, what I think about in 2023 is I've been thinking about the evolution of the niche or niche where people talk about like that is where brands are going. That's where focus is going. Like the more hyper-focused you can get on who you want to talk to, that's the best thing. And I also, I said I I didn't do this anymore, but (laughs) I know you can handle it. I also would like to talk about the role of your own advertising in your podcast and what that looks like. Because for me, this is just how I've been feeling. The podcasts that are, you know, they're well-produced, but they're their ads are so many throughout the whole thing. And I really have a hard time with that. And so much so that I struggle sometimes with where, if, when, how to include that in my content, even though the ads that I create would be promoting my own products and things. And so I wonder too, within 2023, if you see trends for specifically those ads and those like monetized spots, whether they're your own products or someone else's. I do. So as we move into 2023 and the past, what, two, three, four years, podcasting has really just gone crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's because the audiences that podcasters are building are typically super engaged and they feel like, not family, it's the wrong word, but you feel like you're really involved in the podcaster's life. And that's why you'll get those bigger podcasters having you know, affiliate ad after affiliate ad after affiliate ad. And personally, I don't like it. I don't think it makes sense to have more than one affiliate at any particular time. Now, if you also have show sponsors, that's a whole other thing. And that's happening as well. There are a lot of people that are, have multiple sponsors of their shows. And that's why you start hearing like ad, 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 intro, ad, ad is because they have a bunch of sponsors, which is, you know, that's fine. That's fine to do that. I don't know that that would work for me in particular, I like, I don't, I wouldn't want to be beholden to a whole bunch of different people, but there are a lot more monetization options 
in that are happening now. Brands are starting to really get behind wanting to promote these smaller like micro influencers, which we've been hearing about micro influencers for a while. This is nothing new, but it's going into the podcast space because micro influencers are using podcasting to elevate their brands as well and be able to talk in a different way. Because as we all know, like all the social media platforms are moving nutty. I'm going to take from Kim. They're not moving towards, (laughs) they're not moving towards video. They are there. Video Mm -hmm. is there. The spoken word is there. Like if you really want to do things on social, you need this type of interaction. You need to have your voice, your actual voice, not a written voice, but an actual voice out there for people to listen to. And that's why a bunch of influencers have started to do the podcast bit. Well, those influencers as well are, they're the ones getting into those sponsorships. They're the ones getting into those affiliates because they're already there. They already have them. However, my view of podcasting is that it's your platform. It is your people. This is your stuff. Sell your stuff. The best way to monetize your pot, your podcast is to sell your products, services, and share them. Like share how people can work with you. Because when it comes down to it, if you have somebody who's listening to you day in and day out, week in and week out, depending on how frequently you release episodes, because daily episodes work, people are doing them all the time now, then they want to know more about you. They want to know how they can be more in your sphere. And that's like the goal. So definitely don't be scared to sell your own things by any means. And what a lot of people and almost what I would recommend doing is having your podcast because your podcast is like a top of funnel thing. Like people are being funneled into the podcast that they can learn more about you and determine whether or not you're the person that they want to work with for the thing. And as you said, this niching down, like really getting into your niche and who you want to work with. It's brilliant for your podcast. Like literally speak to that person. Having that micro niche is how you're one one way to make your podcast. If your goal again is to build your business, it's one way to make your podcast really help build that business is being super specific with your messaging. And it's your podcast is at that top of funnel. That is where your freebies live. Now, if you're launching something and it's like, okay, so yeah, I've always got my freebie available. And I always say that you can use, you know, go here to download this freebie or that freebie. Then whenever you're launching something, absolutely. Middle of the podcast. You want to put it in the middle of your podcast. I know it sucks because you're like, oh, we're in a really great flow and I don't really want to break it up. But at the same time, like if you're in a really great flow and you've just asked somebody a really great question and they've given an amazing answer and you break it up and you're like, Hey guys, I've got this thing. If this is where you're at and this is what you need, check it out. And then you go back into a really great message. Like nobody's mad about that. Nobody's mad. As long as it's not like a two minute long ad, but I do (laughs) like if you're launching, Hi guys, it's Julie. I'm just popping in really quick just to say the other day I was teaching my kids how to do their laundry. And there's a lot of steps, right? It's like open the machine, decide what type of laundry you have, push this button, add this type of soap, add if there's any pre-wash, change the temperature, all those things. And so we wrote down a little step-by-step list and it gave them so much confidence in being able to accomplish this task. And it gave me peace of mind knowing they could do it even if I wasn't standing right there. So it got me thinking, why are we not doing this in our business? Because with 
standard operating procedures and SOPs. Yes, they might take a little bit more time up front, but it gives our team and us the confidence that someone can take a task in our business, accomplish it, and know if they're doing it right and if they're doing a good job at it. So this is just a reminder that I have my top 15 SOPs that I use with my clients in my own business as templates for you for just $37. So you could take these, you can give these to your team members to create, but it gives you and your team that jump start to start delegating and get things off of your plate. Now the link is in the show notes, but you can find these SOPs at www.julietraining.com backslash SOP. Now back to Kayla. Throw that thing in the middle. I don't like it when it's in the beginning. I want to get into the episode. I want to hear what's going on. Um, That's a personal opinion, I guess. Like technically the pre-roll ads should be the most expensive. That's not true. Pre-roll ads are the second most expensive that you should sell. If you're going to like the most expensive should be in the middle of your content, but that's just, I have this conversation a lot. I actually had some, another client, they were approached about having ads run for a conference and it's perfect for their niche and all of that. And so they were asked about conferences or asked about running ads for this conference, (laughs) reached out and they were like, I don't know how to respond to this. Like, is this a thing? And I was like, well, tell me more about it. Would it actually make sense? And it would, it would make sense for her audience. So I was like, Hey, she charged way less than I told her to, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) We have to start somewhere. (laughs) You do have to start somewhere, but I do. I fully believe that like, I'm a big follower of Sarah Dan and she's, she's always talking about like sell something every day, which selling something every day doesn't have to mean like actually selling something every day. You can always just be like having people opt into the things so that they be they're on your list and it's traffic that you own and all the things, right? And your podcast is the perfect place to do it. It's your podcast. I would sell my stuff before I'd ever sell anybody else's stuff on my podcast. hundred mm-hmm. percent. That was really long-winded answer. I'm sorry. I get really into the whole sponsorship and monetization thing though, because it's such a big question. Like how do I make money for my podcast? And it's like the fastest, easiest, what is it that you say? Most joyful way to make money from your podcast is to sell your things. And I think it's a conversation again, that people don't have a lot. Like I, people keep it behind the mm-hmm. the doors. And so you see influencers in all the spaces getting paid drastically different amounts of money because it's not talked about. It's not open. And so I think the same thing with podcasts and sponsorships, because I'm sure you see the same thing I do. Either people have this view that they're going to be podcasting for a month and all these sponsors are going to beat down their door and they're just going to, you know, sell mattresses till the cows come home or they don't do anything. And there's not, I don't find that there's a ton of in between. So I love this conversation because it's something that people are either leaving on the table or they're just not having realistic expectations in my experience about what that looks like and how to monetize a podcast. Because in reality, I think people shy away from podcasting sometimes because it is an investment, not only in time, but it can also be an investment in money. Because if you pay someone to produce your podcast and do all of the magical, amazing things in the background, you know, it's, it's time intensive to do all that. And so it's the amount of money you pay reflects that. Yeah, absolutely. It really, really does. And it, 
you're going to pay in one way or the other. You're either going to pay in your time or you're going to pay in money because when it comes down to it, like the biggest thing with podcasting is consistency and that's consistency with however that works for you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you have to be consistent week after week after week. If you don't want to release a podcast episode weekly, don't, you don't have to, you have to stay consistent for you. So like, if you're going to do that though, and you know that the only way that you can do that is to have somebody help you on the back end you're going to pay in money. And if you don't have the money to spend on that, then you're going to pay in your time to learn the skills because while an, a podcast that isn't perfectly produced, as long as it has really fantastic content, will continue to get listeners. If you can't listen to it at all, you won't. It's not going to happen. Like you really do have to pay attention to some of the techie bits. And your messaging is always going to be number one, most important, but you can't leave the the technical aspects of actually being listenable. I mean, think about it. Everyone's heard podcasts that maybe the guest was, <laughs> I had somebody who had a guest who was driving down the road with the mm. window open on earbuds. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and I, they were like, you can't clean it up anymore. And I was like, there's literally nothing else I can do with this. And what was terrible was that the episode itself was great. Like the content was great, but you could barely hear what they were saying. Like if you were doing anything while you were listening to that podcast, anything at all, you were going to miss what was being said, which was terrible because the guest was amazing. It's a fantastic guest, but you have to make sure that you pay attention to some of those basics and really I mean, when it comes down to it, like you could spend so much time on YouTube learning all the basics and absolutely do it if that's where you're at, but spend the time before you start getting into your, your podcasting goals. Like I'm a big proponent of just like hitting record and getting used to your voice. I love the way that you did it with regard to like you edited for a while so that you could catch your own tells. I think that that's so important about when you're speaking is being able to tell like the things that you say that are super repetitive and I'm just a repetitive talker. I can talk in circles all day long, but whenever, (laughs) whenever you're trying to get a point across, you don't want to do that. So you just want to make sure that you're paying attention to those bits. And for some people editing their own podcast for a while is the best way to do that. Now I also have clients who are like, I'm never going to edit, but I will listen to every single episode. And me, I'm like, I'm not going to edit or listen to my episodes. I have somebody else do that. <laughs> but I think to be fair, you already sound like a professional. Whereas I was saying things like, I love it after every time every single person said something. And if I had just listened to the episodes after they were edited, hopefully for the love, somebody would have had some pity on me and taken that out. And so I wouldn't have known that I was saying it 50 freaking times doing the podcast. So sometimes you could still hear me say it. It is sort of my default, but now I feel like I say it when I really mean it instead of just a filler word. But there were so many things that I cleaned up. And I like to think that that also carried on into my everyday life because now, whether I'm a guest in someone's community or guest on their podcast, I feel like my syntax, my communication is so much more clear and direct because I spent that time, you know, it's worth it even for that. I think like Tim Ferriss talks about when he launched his podcast, he committed to doing, I can't remember if it was like four or eight episodes and 
he specifically said for that reason, like if he was going to get anything out of it other than the experiment, it was to clean up sort of how he communicated. And I think that's a worthwhile goal. Absolutely. And speaking is an art, but you can't get better at that art if you're not paying attention to how you're doing it in the first place. So I agree. Well, we've talked about in regards to marketing your own podcast, speaking in your own platforms and sharing about your podcast. What else would you like to share with people that you think is an overlooked way that people can market and grow their podcast if that's their goal of growth? Honestly, being on other people's podcasts, those are the biggest things. You talking about your podcast and being on other people's podcasts. If you have a podcast and you're trying to attract more podcast listeners, getting in front of other people's podcasts, their audience is the best way to do it. Why? Because you're already talking to the audience of people who are listening and consuming the way that you are putting content out there. So for instance, if you are on somebody's Instagram reels or doing an Instagram live with somebody and you're on Instagram having conversations and communication on Instagram with somebody for, and you're trying to build your podcast through Instagram, not everybody who's on Instagram likes to listen to podcasts. Not everybody who listens to Instagram lives and watches Instagram lives is going to listen to a podcast. If they're consuming video content in that way, they're probably on YouTube. And YouTube has a whole different strategy when it comes to podcasting than a spoken word podcast. So many people are like, I want to have all of it. I want to have a YouTube channel. I want to have a podcast. I want to have a like essentially a video podcast. And then I want to take that and just make it an audio version too. It's brilliant. I love where your head's at. But you have to have a completely different strategy for YouTube than you do for just a regular old spoken word podcast. They're two completely different things. YouTube is a completely different platform than like a podcast host like Libsyn or Captivate. And that's how you're getting your podcast out there. So that's my own personal, like I had this conversation at podcast movements this year. I was helping a client with a booth and people were coming up and then people were talking about video podcasting. And I was like, that's amazing that people want to do a video podcast. It really is. I think it's a, a worthwhile effort, especially with the push for social media towards video content. However, you have to have a different strategy for it. So being on other people's actual podcasts, not necessarily the video side, because again, if you're trying to build your spoken word podcast and you're on someone's YouTube channel and they're not also just doing spoken word, you you still miss the mark. You're not putting out the content that people that you're trying to attract people with. So getting on other people's actual podcasts in niches that aren't necessarily your own. They need to be adjacent to your own so that you're bringing people in from different walks who aren't necessarily hearing that same message. So that's the other piece of it too, is strategically being on other people's podcasts, <laughs> um, not just any podcast. And another thing to consider when you're doing it though, is that so many people are like, they're so concerned with audience size and audience size. First of all, you can't actually like find audience size, not truly. You can take the the information that people are giving you, but you can't go, you've talked about it before. You can't go and find download numbers for people's podcasts. They can have however big of an Instagram following and however big of a YouTube following, all those things. That's great. But when it comes down to it, you really want to focus on engaged audiences. 
if you have 300 engaged listeners and that person has 500,000 not engaged listeners, the 500,000 not engaged listeners, that platform is not helping you any because they're just on a repeat. People are like, for instance, some of the biggest podcasts, it's not that people listen to every episode. Episodes are automatically downloaded to your phone if you follow a, a certain podcast. So they might have insane download numbers. doesn't mean that their episodes are being engaged with. And so you're looking to be on podcasts strategically in adjacent niches with engaged followings. And that is another really great way to grow your podcast and to really get your message out there in front of people who may or may not have heard you before. And can we just say, because I think maybe this is known with us or maybe in certain parts of the industry, but another myth that people has have is if they get this certain guest on, like if I get this guest on my show, it will just blow up my podcast. And I have to say like those guests from my experience, don't promote your episode. They could care less. They very rarely even talk about it on their email list or anywhere. It's like, maybe that will lend you some authority if people are looking and saying, oh, they have this guest on, but just having big names on because you think it's going to grow your show. I would say for me is a myth. 1000% a myth because for instance, like say, Say you have a guest that's doing a book tour. They're talking about their book on all these different shows. They are talking about their book on all these different shows. You landed a guest. Thank goodness. It's a brilliant guest. It really is. But they are on your show and that person's show and that person's show and that person's show. And they aren't, they aren't trying to promote all of those. Why? Because they're on your show because you're going to promote your episodes. So they're reaching a wider audience because you were doing the work. When really, when you're bringing guests on, it's very important that you consider that they share. They have to share as well. So yes, very true. That's the other facet. Like you want to be on other people's podcasts. Don't forget to share the episodes. Be a fantastic guest in that way. I want to say it's like, um, is it my K, my K Singh? Um, she is a big, she's been on so many guests or been a guest on so many podcasts. And she talks about like that etiquette of being a really good guest. Make sure that you're sharing. If, if you're provided social assets, put them out there, share them. And you don't, that's the other thing. You don't have to share when the podcast is launched. The episode is static. If you had a fantastic conversation on an amazing podcast a year ago, share it today. It's a year later. The algorithm absolutely wiped any of those shares away. So it's like brand new for anybody who's new to your following. And it's brand like whenever you tag that podcaster again and they get to share it again, you just got brought up again. This it, it's not a one and done thing. You don't have to share your episodes that you've been on with other podcasts once. You can continue to use them over and over and over again because again, like a year later, Nobody remembers that you were on that podcast and that podcaster probably doesn't remember that you were on that podcast. It's a year later. They may have potentially have had 52 more guests, but the second you share it again and tag them again, it's like, oh, that's right. You want to know what else it does for that podcaster and what it does for you is that you just brought attention to an earlier episode of that podcast, which means that anybody who finds that podcaster from that earlier episode and is now going forward in their catalog of episodes, they just got a huge download hit because they're coming forward into that, that whole message that they've got, right? 
Same is true for your podcast. So if you've had guests on and you're like, hey, I'm doing a series, I'm doing a sequence, and your episode was amazing, would you mind resharing it? Just saying. There are strategic Boom. ways to use episodes that have that you've been on and that are in your past, your backlog as well. I have all, oof. And you start getting into having like lots of episodes, creating freebies out of your episodes is great too. You know, you've got this series, right? Maybe. My entire podcast, the first 25 episodes by the time I'm done with the podcast, I've taken a little bit of hiatus, guys. Not to worry. There are literally like 10 episodes already recorded. Just got to put them out there. <laughs> Practice what you preach. But my whole first bit book of episodes is how to launch your podcast and grow your podcast. And then at some point, I want to start having interviews and like talk to people about podcasting because I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a little bit passionate about podcasting. Like I plan on using those first episodes to go along with a freebie and that way, like every time I have somebody new coming into my world, they're going to those first episodes because that is where all of the like nuggets are. And then as podcasting changes, as it does, because it's been changing year over year over year, I can release updates to those episodes as bonus content or whatever, like really consider how you're using the episodes that you're putting out there as well, because you can use those as assets too, and then share those in that way. Just so many good ways to use a podcast. I also want to really make a point to say, as you're listening to these, and they're all such good ideas, they all take time and focus and energy to implement. And so I might be speaking for you, but I have known people who just do podcast pitching as their marketing strategy for a period of time, like the year. They're not doing all this other stuff because it takes time and focus to craft those pitches, to find those podcasts, to do the follow-up. And I just want to encourage people that as you're sharing these strategies, these aren't things that you have to all do from day one. Like pick what sounds really inspiring to you. Pick what sounds doable. Pick what sounds like it's in your wheelhouse and start there. And you can have a plan to implement these other things, but don't feel like you're failing if you're not doing them all at once. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. In fact, I mean, if the plan is to grow and you wanted to get on like two really good podcasts that are really specific to your niche. Focus on that. Um, if your plan is just to have the content out there, just focus on creating amazing episodes that you can point people back to. Because that's the other thing. When people ask a question in a Facebook group or somebody's bringing your name up and you can say, hey, this is the answer. But if you'd like a little more of a deep dive, here's an amazing podcast episode that I did about this. Like choose the one thing. Don't focus on all the things. I know I put a lot out there that you can do, but you absolutely are not failing if you're not doing all of them. Just pick the things that really do resonate. And I don't like using the word resonate very often. I'm kind of over it, but pick the things that really do feel good and don't feel like they'd be such an energy drain. For instance, one of the reasons why I don't have a bunch of freebies is because I hate graphic design. I'm terrible at it. I don't want to get like Canva gives me hives, which means that like I have to really focus if I'm going to be doing it or I need to pay people to do it. And who has time? You know, who has time for that? So like you do the things that feel good, that feel easy to you. And those are the things that are going to go off anyways. Why? Because you'll actually do them. 
That's the other piece of it too. Like whatever feels easy and good to you is what you're going to do. So pick the thing that feels easy and good to you and implement. And then you can look at all the other things. This is, I have to say, like one of my absolutely favorite type of conversations because literally I feel like we could talk for hours and hours and it leaves me desperately wanting more because I have so many more things that I would love to do a deep dive with you about. And the good thing is, is that I know the listeners will feel the same way. So in the meantime, to tide them over, can you share with us where you want people to connect with you in the name of your podcast so they could jump over there and we'll link it, but then they could start listening and just how you want people to connect with you while they're waiting with bated breath for the next episode. I love that so much. Um, see, I did it too, but I really do love that so much. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking to connect on the podcast, it's the, your podcast strategist show, and you can find it on or at, on my website at quellscompanies.com. That's K wellscompanies.com but I really like Quells. Somebody gave me that nickname one year or one time and I've been using it. I reached out to them um, way after the fact and was like, hey, you know that nickname you gave me back in like 2009? It's not my company name. They were like, that's brilliant. I was like, I love it so much. But I have like really been trying to focus on LinkedIn and Instagram. I, when I say I'm not very social, I mean it. I am the typical lurker. However, you can follow me over there. It's Quells Podcast Services is my is my Instagram handle and then LinkedIn is not even like we can just link that in the show notes so trying to find the actual LinkedIn from years and years ago when it was brand new is very difficult but I couldn't get Quell's companies or Quell's podcast services on that side so there you go well I can't wait to not only have you back but to digest this episode and the information that you provided. It's one that I personally am going to listen to again and take some notes because there's always things that we could be doing better. We could elevate ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I will say at some point on the website, there will be a podcasting 101 guide for like really how to get into not just the bones of starting your podcast, but also like things to think about strategically as you're starting a podcast. And those strategery things can totally be looked at even after you've started. Just because you've gone one direction with a podcast doesn't mean you can't switch and optimize and really like look at the content that you're creating and the things that you're saying and what's actually reaching your audience. Always be testing things. It's like one of the main things in marketing is always be testing. So just remember like if you're looking at any or once that's out, if you're looking at it and you're like, this is all brand new strategy. Well, sometimes it's good to look at the things that you're doing from a brand new lens and how it really is impacting your business and your goals. Beautiful. And on that note, Kayla, thank you again. Thank you. It's been so awesome. Oh, I can't wait to do another one. Yes.